Welcome to The Intersection, a podcast on spirituality and social justice with three women of different ages who live in three different states with three different skin colors. Grounded in spirituality and love, we strive to think, speak, and behave in ways that will bring about a better world for all people. We are committed to admitting mistakes and missteps, excited to grow, and willing to make that growth public. We are so grateful that you've clicked play. Thank Thank you for your willingness to grow with us. We are back for a short episode on bodies because we talk a lot about like different systems of oppression and liberating ourselves from those shackles of oppression. And we had a hair love episode. And I really want to dive in and talk about bodies because I think that there's a lot to uncover with what our society tells us is a normal body or an acceptable body. And I think that there's a lot to learn and a lot of liberation to be found in this conversation. So curious where your minds go when we think about bodies. I think the other thing that's poignant right now is that we are recording this on December 14th, 2022. For me, what part of what's alive with the topic of bodies during this time is extra time with family who seem to be, think they can talk about our bodies and then the idea of ending the year and how we're going to be inundated with all this messaging and marketing around changing our bodies. So our bodies are not okay how they are. And so we just kind of get this messaging from all over during this time of each year, the end of each year, from our families and holidays, and then all the marketing around New Year's Eve. New Year, new you. That's interesting, because what I'm thinking about is absolutely those things, but I think about how body types of what is beautiful changes, and how currently right now, it's about being skinny and big boob. It's pretty confusing, because I tell my daughter this, too, as a Black woman all the time. She thinks she's so fat because she's grown up with white people all the time and they're all so skinny in the space we're in. But they're all paying big money to get our boobs, our hips, our booty. Like she has such a perfect body and she has no idea because she lives here with white people. But if she was in a city or even not in a college town and was older, they would be all over. But she has such low self-esteem about it. Then I think about me. No, I've always been a big girl. And like, you know what? If I was born back in the days, I would be the most sexiest thing ever because big girls were on the rage. You know what? And I got my nice little curvy figure. I may be a big girl, but my shape is still there. Learning how to kind of embrace that as the world is telling me that I'm fat it up as you pay to try to get what I got. (laughs) The irony of it, right? Like I'm thinking about, The idea that only some people are beautiful or that like our notions of beauty change over the course of history, the idea that there's only some people is an idea totally rooted in scarcity, like that there's not enough space for everybody to be beautiful. There's not enough space for like curvy to be beautiful if skinny is beautiful. That's already broken thinking. Like that's already like, why would there not be enough space? Like there's enough space for all of us to exist physically. Why would there not be enough space for all of us to exist as beautiful? You are, I like that new song. Oh, I told you about the Victoria's Secret song. Yeah. I love that song. And I was thinking about it as I was walking in today. Like, What's the name of it again? I listened to it on repeat for a minute. It's so good. I think I know Victoria's Secret. Yeah. 
thing, but it's such a good thing because that beauty of Victoria's Secret, the, the hype of it all came from some old rich white, some old white man in Ohio that's telling me how I'm supposed to look and how I'm not good enough. And can I say for the record, I can't buy a bra at Victoria's Secret. They don't go that far. And I can't buy a pair anywhere, not even online because they don't go. So that tells you it's such a limited perspective. And we come, especially with an average size in America, is size 14. The fact that we're shaming most of the American society mm-hmm. that they're not a size 10 or zero is saying a lot. I hate that there is such thing as a size zero. And there's such thing as a size double zero, too. That doesn't make sense. Why is it becoming ideal to be nothing into like numerically? <laughs> I want to acknowledge, too, Carol, a couple minutes ago, you said like, comes from scarcity, thinking that only one type of body can be beautiful comes from scarcity, but it also comes from capitalism. Mm -hmm. Capitalism requires us to not feel like we're okay as we are in order to perpetuate itself. Mm -hmm. And if we all felt good and secure in our bodies, then a whole industry would be out the door. Like the whole beauty industry, the whole plastic surgery industry, I mean, those would be non-existent if we all felt that we are exactly right as we are right now. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that those whole society, those whole industries only prey on women. <laughs> I know that men, and I don't get me wrong, I do recognize that there are some things that are guided from men, but it's usually not telling them that they're not good enough. Okay. You know, or maybe not like erectile dysfunction. It's something that's off it. It's interesting because... I don't know any women that goes through her life without having body image issues. And what I learned in raising a son and having nephews and having more like growing boys in my life, like my son's friends and his community, is that I don't think that there are any men that escape life without body image issues either. I think it just looks a lot different. We should have a conversation about that because I would love to explore that dig deeper. Yeah, I would love to explore that too because I'm like thinking about things Skylar has said and stuff like that. I also want to go back to like what you're saying about capitalism though, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't think that they are being sold to the way women are being sold to in terms of like beauty products, beauty sizes. Like, I mean, there's a million different types of things that I could think about that I could purchase as a woman to make me fit the more ideal picture of what beauty is. My brain can't think of the same number being offered to Skylar. Do you know what I'm saying? Correct. I would agree with that statement. I just don't think they get through unscathed. I agree with that whole argument. Oh, I don't think yeah. they get through unscathed. All types of levels. Men are, so their issues are a totally different planet from ours in a lot of ways. Just again, I always go back to that emotion thing, how they're not a lot. So we can sit here and say, oh, we don't have time to explore our humanity. Men are told they don't have it. They're weak right. they have it. So that's a little bit different. But back to bodies and stuff. I find it very interesting that we're always taught that it's not good enough. It's never quite right. It's always something we get And that's not necessarily healthy. I want to enter into this conversation too, like trans bodies and non-binary bodies, because mm-hmm. we are talking about the binary of what's being sold to men and to women. But then I think about other bodies that don't identify inside those binaries yep. and how little attention our products give these bodies or like things that are being sold to us. Because when you brought up capitalism, I started thinking about 
Okay, I'm getting my lashes done later today. I discovered I really like getting my lashes done. I don't buy any makeup. I don't do all these other things. And I judge no one who does. But when I think about the amount of options that I have as a woman to like, I could do this, I could buy this to modify. I think about like, how come somebody who's non-binary might get flack for wearing lipstick or something like that? How come those options are not not offered in a way that's like, this is totally a first draft thought, but my head's going, it's interesting that we operate in a state of lack in terms of beauty, because then like they're ousting people who they otherwise maybe would profit from. Is my thought making sense? Like how come (laughs) it's like, I'm going to limit the idea of beauty. I'm going to say that these people are, shouldn't be doing this, but I really, as if I'm like, trying to perpetuate capitalism, I really could be selling to them and profiting if I really thought about it deeper. I think that first off, someone is thinking about that and that is zone on the horizon. You have to recognize that the LGBT community only really for real for the last 10, 15 years have been, let's say, acceptable. That's that. Because remember when Ellen DeGeneres, I don't know if you guys guys are old enough, when Ellen DeGeneres I am. first I am! I am. <laughs> okay. But look, remember the backlash she got? Uh, she yeah. got fired and people talked bad shit to her. And yeah. then recently, she's just retired from her show that she had on for forever. So you have to first recognize that this is something, quote unquote, newly acceptable. And then it's not really acceptable because people are still attacking transgender people. They, They're telling yeah. lies about how, oh, kids are for, see, doctors are encouraging kids to do this rec- without having a common sense of recognizing that kids can't go through body changes until their adulthood period because they're still going through hormones and all that stuff and it's not legal but people still have their biases against the lgbt community which includes the non-binary and transgender people so they haven't targeted them yet because they're still fighting their existence they're still dehumanizing them but trust me i promise you within 20 years you'll see all types of shit for them because it is about money when it's all said and done the other thing i think that's important to recognize is that who's in our culture, we don't all have sovereignty over our own bodies. I see this came up when we were talking about when we did our episodes on Roe v. Wade and all that's gone on. And people that identify as non-binary and trans also don't have sovereignty over their bodies. There are so many people in our country that are trying to control their bodies via actual like laws and discrimination and oppression but also controlling their bodies just by thinking that they get a right to have an opinion about their bodies. And I think that's the thing that's hard about this idea of, like I said at the beginning, like this time of year feels extra poignant about our bodies because so many people think that they get to have an opinion about our bodies. We get it from family members. We get it from the media. We get it from social media. We get it from marketing, advertising. Like it's just insane. How many people think that they get to have an opinion about our bodies? I agree. And then it morphs the way we feel about our bodies. And then you ended up in a place like how I am at 47 and I'm thinking, like, I'm renewing my mind. Like, I am beautiful. I am worthy. Mm -hmm. My curves are all popping versus having so many years of telling me that I wasn't good enough. Yep. And I think this is really important for us to recognize that these are messages, like when we talk about programming, right? This is programming. There's, I don't know any adult woman that has not internalized these messages. So she has become her own harshest critic about her body. There seems Uh to be, 
there seems to be this like conversation happening recently. Maybe it's been going on for much longer, but I'm aware of it now. It's like so many women are saying like, I hated my body when I was 18. I hated my body when I was 24. I hated my body when I was 37. And now here I am wishing I had the body I had at 18, Mm, at 24, mm -hmm. at 37. And so it's like this concept of we spend so much of our time and energy internally wanting to be different because we have internalized all these messages that we get from when we're like, even before we're born, we're receiving in utero messages about our bodies and expectations from our family and from our culture. It's woven throughout every moment of our lives. And then as adults, at some point, hopefully most of us get to the point where it's like, fuck, like I just have to be done with this. Like, this is not serving me. How can I love the body that I have? And I think that the other rub for me is like, how can I love the body I have and want to care for it differently? Mm -hmm. Because we're taught that if you want to change something about your body and take care of it differently, then you must hate something that's happening right now. Can we touch upon the fact when we talk about our bodies, about capitalism and how much our has changed in our country as a whole that does not that we don't have healthy food anymore the way we used to let's say even in the six mm-hmm. or seven so that's why so many people are obese we have and we talk about the capitalism aspect of people working being busy all of them yep and i have the time to even cook the unhealthy food that we have we have so much crap in our food to make sure that they can stay on the shelves yep that we consume that messes us up physically from yeah. gaining weight to our health, that that's something we'll be taken into consideration too. So it's like our government, uh, the people in control, businesses, whatever, they're doing everything they can to make money and harming us and then blame, making us feel bad about the harm that we have that, that they contributed to. Mm-hmm. And that's something to think about. I want to go back to something you said earlier, Amanda, about like, if I want to change my body, there must, I don't know exactly what you said, but like something that I must, you you mentioned the word hate, like that we're taught to hate our bodies. Like we've been taught self-hatred in the form of body shame. And what does it look like to unlearn that? What does it look like to come back to our bodies and love on our bodies again? I got a children's book for Kata. It's called Bodies Are Cool. And it's just like a cool book. It's just like, there are skinny bodies, there are big bodies, there are small bodies, there are tall bodies, bodies are cool, there are freckled bodies. And it's just like the sing-songy book with like naming all of these different kinds of bodies and like showing different kinds of bodies. The amount of times that I have gotten that message, I don't think I could count. Like the idea that just like every single body is freaking cool. Like no matter what the body looks like or how the body is functioning, the body is cool because the body is doing all sorts of stuff. Like, yep. it doesn't matter if the body is in a wheelchair, if the body is extra tall. It doesn't matter if the body is blind, if the body is like a super fast runner. Every single one of those bodies is doing something awesome, is cool in one way or another. And every single body has like some sort of its own unique superpower. Like, I think something that trips me out sometimes is the thought that like when we lose one sense, the other senses get stronger. Like our other senses get superpowers. If I lose my sight, like my other senses get superpowers. Like how incredible is that? Like bodies are just so cool. And that is not the message that we get sent. It's not the message I learned from watching my mom diet all these years. It's not the message I learned 
watching TV or like in college looking at casting calls. I mean, it's not the message that is in the dominant culture, but bodies are cool is like my thought there. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on doing? So as I say that, I love the fact that you are playing these scenes with Kata. So yeah, I love the fact that yeah. you are woke up as a young parent to know to plant these seeds because there are a lot of things that I know now, you know, when you know better, you do better. Like if I could start over and do my kids again, there are some things I would do so different because I yep. know more about. And I just think that's beautiful that you're building these things for her. Uh, one of the things that I tried to do with my babies is I, when they were little, I used to sing them songs all the time because that's who I am. Surprise, surprise. Yep. But I used to always try to plant these things it's about them being beautiful and smart and capable. And that's one of the things I'm working on with my oldest, my um, youngest child right now with Jayla is like every day, you know, she roll her eyes at me. I tell her, you are beautiful. You are smart. You are capable. You are beautiful. You are intelligent. You are capable. Think it using the um, thought process that we unconsciously get all these type of things being told to us. So let me consciously throw some positivity at you. Even if you don't believe it, I'm just planting these seeds. So maybe you will yep. believe it. I will drop the name of this book for anyone who wants it because it's a cool book. It's called, it's just like a children's story book called Bodies Are Cool by Tyler Fetter. It's a cool book. <laughs> I think, you know, the idea of like loving our bodies where we're at and being okay with wanting to care for them differently or wanting to Yes, that's something. the thought. That's the thought I was like trying to name earlier. Keep going. Yep. I think that for me, when I've done this work consciously and I've worked with others with this work, it's like there are lots of parts of our bodies that we take for granted. So like find a part of your body that you love. We can instantly think of like parts of our bodies that we don't like. It's sometimes a lot harder to find parts of our bodies that we love and recognizing that our bodies have so many amazing parts, both internal and external. So like if someone can't generate them, like, do you love your teeth? Do you love your nails? Do you love your calves? Do you love your toes? Do you love your belly button? Like, again, it's really easy for us to generate the parts of our bodies that we don't like. So can we consciously talk about the parts of our bodies that we do like? And then, especially if we can get into the, like, how they function and actually take care of us. Like, I love my liver. Like, what amazing part of my body my liver is that is filtering out all the toxins and, like, keeping me alive. Like what amazing, powerful, beautiful lungs I have. And so if we start to break it down like that, we could actually go, well, actually there's more parts of my body that I like than parts that I don't like. And then we kind of like tip the balance of, I don't like my body to like, oh, like I like most of my body. And then we can say, okay, can I love my body exactly where I'm at now? And recognize that it's okay for me to care for it differently or change some things. Like you said, you love getting lashes. Have at it. I love piercings. <laughs> I love tattoos, right? Like I modify my body in lots of ways. And to me, that's something that's joyful. It brings me joy. So like love my body and care for it in a way that feels really good and juicy from tattooing it to getting lashes to eating healthy, like caring for it in a way that feels good to me. I think that's totally the thought that I was like, my brain was starting to go different places because when we started talking about capitalism inside this conversation, I'm like, there has to be a different way we relate to the things that are being sold to us. Because 
we have lots of options. Options are great. But when options are turned into these things that we must have, like we have to look this way, we have to do this, we have to blah, blah, blah. That's when it gets dangerous. But when we have lots of different kinds of things that we could do, like we could go and get like they're all this outfit, this thing, these pairs of shoes, like there are so many options. Like that's super joyful. It's just like they shouldn't turn into expectations that we deem other bodies inferior for not choosing into that option. I think more common than having opinions on other people's bodies is having opinions on our own bodies. The messaging, culturally, we get message about how bodies should look. We get messages about other people's bodies. But by and large, we spend way more time and energy on concerns about how our own body looks than about other people's bodies. 100% agree with it. I think that's why my head is like, it's not like, I guess where my thoughts are going is I shouldn't make a choice because I feel my body is inferior. I should make a choice because I want it and because I like it and because it's, it's the thing I desire. Not because I'm trying to look a certain way and therefore deeming my own body is like not good enough. Yep. Can I throw out there one of my current idols, Lizzo? Can I tell you that that heifer has made feel so (laughs) empowered? Like I said before, I've always been a big girl. And honestly, it's never really bothered me. When I was little, it did, but I've been there all my life. So it was like, this is who I am. Who gives a damn, right? But can I tell you, Lizzo is the first. I love what she said. I'm making big girls hoes. She is making big girls feel so powerful and uplifting just with who they are, roles at all. And I love it. And she has definitely made me feel empowered and beautiful in a way that society's never told me I was before. And I just love it. Lizzo's amazing, badass queen. Badass queen. Love Lizzo. Watch the show. It's so good. Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen the show, watch out for the big girls. It's on Amazon Prime. Watch it now. It's so good. She's amazing. Yeah, I love her energy. I just love her positive energy. And these are the ways we are changing the vibration and changing the conversation and changing the thing. She gets tons of shade, but she gets tons of upliftment too because she's doing a powerful thing. So it's about being authentic in your body too, just accepting it flaws at all. And looking at the positives, as you said, about it, the beautiful things about it. It's just knowing that you're worthy and then recognizing for real, for real, when it's all set it up, your body is just your armor. It's not even as, it's not as important as the person you are in your spirit. It's just your armor that you're currently having this human experience in, and you can do what you want with it. Yeah. We are coming to the end of our episode. We were committed to making this a short episode, and I feel like we covered 1,700 topics in the last 25 minutes. So any final thoughts on bodies that y'all have? I'll keep mine simple. Your body is cool. My body is cool. Bodies are cool. My final thought is that not only are bodies cool, they are all beautiful in all different shades and shapes. And they're just beautiful. And it's okay for you to feel beautiful, even if it's different from what other people think are beautiful. You're still beautiful. My final thoughts are in a world that teaches us to hate our bodies, loving our bodies is revolutionary. And I want to invite everyone to try and love their body just a little bit more today, knowing that that is what protects us 
emotionally from the onslaught of messaging that we receive about our bodies. Self-body love, body self-love is the answer to all the programming and messaging that we're going to hear about it. So just an invitation. Love your body a little bit more today. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to The Intersection, Spirituality and Social Justice. We hope this podcast made you think and feel and that you carry that with you into the conversations you have in your own life. We also know that our conversation is incomplete without you. We would love to keep in touch. Follow us on Instagram at the period intersection period podcast and find our individual Instagrams in the show notes. We can't wait to hear from you.